Buenas and welcome to the Dear Gorgeous podcast. We're your hosts, Akina and Jelena, two Micronesian and Asian women from the beautiful island of Guanghan. And we're on a mission to share the stories of inspirational Asian and Pacific Islander women from around the world. So, um, so we have the beautiful women of Magahaga rising with us um, today, and I'm really excited because both of our um, brands are women-centric brands. So I really want to connect on the journey of like starting Magahaga rising and and Dear Gorgeous, and really reflect on like you know like what like what that whole experience has been about and especially you know during this time on Guam you know um like yeah we just want to hear about your experience with that and how it's been you guys launched a year ago or two years ago mm, a little over a year oh yeah, January was our one year happy nice. birthday happy Thank birthday you. that's appropriate right birthday happy birthday, yes. yeah. birthday. <laughs> But like, yeah, so cool. yeah. I don't know. Like, I know that there's like, you know, like there was an article about you guys, like when you guys had the launch party. Anamita uh, wrote it. <laughs> Anamita wrote it. Oh my goodness. Our episode one. I didn't, you know what's so funny is I did not know her then, actually. Um, but, <laughs> uh, so like, I don't know if you guys have ever been able to like, you know, articulate and tell that story of like what, you know, um, how I can't believe. Yeah. So, like, what happened? Like, y'all just were like, let's start this, you know, woman centric business. Like, what really drove you guys to do that? Well, we've always worked together, like, on small side projects for, gosh, the like seven years. Year, seven years of our friendship. Anytime yeah. Chloe had like a creative project or a writing project, she would ask me to jump on and like contribute in some way. And for her very first blog, right? Was that your first blog? Lepsky? That was our blog together. Yeah, that we, was our first. We started a relationship and love advice blog because we were, we, that's what we bonded on together. <laughs> Wait, no, totally totally exactly. Exactly. Yeah, tell, tell the story because I've heard it and I think it's amazing. So go ahead. You guys are in the Bay, right? <laughs> so oh, no. we actually yeah. met on Tumblr. <laughs> what? Yes, yeah, yeah. Tumblr. Well, or 11, 2012. Yeah, something like that, like real far back. But like, we were dating first cousins. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh. And then we were both like upset and like, you know, heartbroken and, and like, you know, going through it over them. And I think we were both like, ended up like messaging each other. Like, yeah, I messaged you because I knew of you through them. Yeah. But then I ended up in the state, I ended up in the Bay Area. Um, I was asked to be an au pair for one of my relatives. So I moved there by myself like no close family, no friends. And I knew Chloe's and her, Chloe was living in Santa Barbara and her family was in the, in San Francisco. So I just messaged, messaged her. I was just like, Hey, we're both going through this bullshit. (laughs) 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 You seem cool. Can I, can, can we meet up? Can we like hang out sometime? And she said, yeah. So the next time she came back up to San Francisco to meet her family, um, I, I went into the city and I, I hung out with her for like a full we had like a sleepover. Time. Like we like used the bathroom yeah. together the first day we met. <laughs> yeah, it's a connection. Wow. Wow. I mean, like, we walked around the so city. Nice. We did so many different things in like the span of the day. It was so fun. Um, yeah. We made we made more. We found like paper flowers in a craft shop, and like we made more mars together. Uh, we watched an improv show. We went to Sephora. Like it was so fun. <laughs> wow. Did you guys watch improv? Did you guys go to Bats? We just, like, looked up literally, like, free things to do in San Francisco and just kind of, like, sorry about That's really cool. That is, I love that that story. Oh, man. That's such a good thing. So then from there, we were, like, talking a lot about, like, relationships with each other and just always sharing, like, what we were going through and, like, it was really similar. And after that, we were like, why don't we just write about this? Like, we talk about it so much and we have, like, so much, like, insight and, like, from our personal experiences so we're like let's start a blog yeah um one of the original names that we were thinking of was punk it power <laughs> yes, yes! yes! Right? yes i love that 
I wanted yeah. to start a poll on Instagram, like, what what do you like better? Do you like Bebet or Punkit? Because I grew up calling it Punkit. And I like Punkit better. But anyway, sorry, we were just talking about that last night. Yeah, I, I feel was, like whenever I think of anatomical. <laughs> and Bebet is more like, ugh. <laughs> just think of my grandma, like, you know, like, when she says the word Punkit, it's like, Punkit, it's cute. That's cute. <laughs> Sorry, go it's ahead. Punkit is just like Punk-a-tower. the way it sounds is more forceful than Bebet. Yeah. Bebet sounds more sexual. Yeah. Like Bebet juice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It so sound sexual. When I moved yeah. to Guam, my aunts were like using that word. I had no idea what I meant. So I thought it meant like babe. Like <laughs> I was nine. Like babe. Yeah, like babe, like hun, like sweetie, like yo, calling like a young child. So I had like no idea. Yeah, like nan. So I was like, what dad like what does that mean my dad goes where'd you hear that <laughs> i was like my auntie's or you know auntie's house yeah so yeah it's interesting we're talking about the universal world yeah like the word baby is so close <laughs> baby baby, baby. <laughs> so you guys started this like, love column or this advice column okay yeah yeah what was it? It was it on Tumblr? It was on it was a WordPress website. Yeah, yeah WordPress. So oh, then, like, yeah. painted little watercolor logos for it back in the day. Yeah, that's so cool. That's cute. And guys. we just kept up our friendship like online, pretty much. And then we didn't meet up again until Chloe moved back home. Oh wow. wait, that's crazy! I didn't even think about that. We were supposed I to meet think. up. We were supposed to go to outside lands together, but then you ended up moving. Yeah, I, I ended up moving home like spur of the moment and. 2014 and then Chloe moved home like a year later oh wow okay and and even when you were on Guam we didn't really hang out that much like only like a handful of times it wasn't until like we started the business is like when we started like hanging out a lot yeah but the business I was really busy with working but then after I quit PDN then that's when we started to hang out more because like I had more time yeah yeah swimming for a while but yeah we the business was like Chloe's idea, spur of the moment, like literally, uh, I was just yeah. like, "Hey, we should make this shirt," and then that was, that was the whole idea. I came over and we're like, "Yeah, let's do it." Let's, and then we literally went to go make future, the shirt, the futurist fam allowance shirt. That's yeah, one, right? okay. Ooh. Then we literally just like went to like a Ganya shopping center and like got it made, got two made just for us, and then we're like, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> yeah, we oh, shot oh. it like, the next day and then put it out on Instagram, like. Well, well we actually, we didn't even intend to start a business. We were just like, let's make this shirt. This is cool. Mm-hmm. And like, we'll just post on our social media and see who wants to buy it. And then from there, then we started getting like hundreds of people messaging us and they all really wanted it. And it was just kind of like, whoa, like we didn't know that like there was a thing here. A demand. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's really cool, guys. <laughs> right, um, so how has it evolved into this? Because it's MAGA Hog Risings is, is, I mean, I know that, you know, with this pandemic and stuff, like everybody in the way that they're putting out content, there's been a little bit of a lull, but like, how has it evolved into like this full vision of sort of like women empowerment and, mm-hmm. and how do you guys decide like what like little things you're going to, you know, to actually highlight, you know? Cause I remember one of my favorite like blogs that you guys put out, I think it was last year was about sex. By Marie. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was really cool. Like, and I loved how you guys are featuring writers, and um, Francesca and I did the the yoga, yoga challenge, challenge last year. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it's just sort of, like, blossomed into, like, something really cool. So, like, how do you guys – so it, it sounds like you guys sort of just kind of go with the flow. You're like, okay, let's just, you know, let's try this and see how it goes. And so yeah, that's, like, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the shirt. Like, what do we want to do? Yeah. 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 Well, I guess let's start back from, like, the shirts. So, like, after we made the shirts, then, like, um, and all the people were messaging us, and we were thinking, like, well, we should do something with this, and we are thinking, like, we also, we didn't want it to just be shirts. We wanted it to be something bigger. Like, we wanted to create a collective, like, a way to, like, connect different women, because, like, there's just so much, like, good energy going around from, like, uh, Lulian Guerrero winning as governor, and it was just, like, such a symbolic moment for everybody. And mm-hmm. um, then from there, we were just, like, for me, like, at least, um, I used to have a hard time with, like, feeling really insecure and comparing myself to other women, 
and just like sometimes like kind of feeling catty about other people but then other people like being catty to me when I didn't know what I did or like why they didn't like me and it's just like you know that feeling on Guam right or I mean anywhere like you can feel like you know somebody but you don't really want to talk to them but we're just like this is bullshit like why don't we just like be friends with each other like why don't we all just be friends and like come together and like make cool stuff and like promote each other's work and I think a lot of that like positive female energy and like supportive energy that's going around was really started around that time too because I didn't really see that before like a lot of women coming together to collaborate so yeah. it's um, crazy because that feeling so universal like I just saw this YouTube video about two um, female entrepreneurs creating one YouTube video and dressing the same thing about just like mm-hmm. cattiness and like competitiveness amongst like women like why does it even exist you know because when we join forces you'd be amazed at like the shit they could create and the yeah. people they get impact yeah you know no I mean like I let's talk about that a little bit too because I think that Akina and I when we first met and we were first talking about starting the podcast um we related to one another just in in that way like I've had a history of not even understanding like how to maintain relationships with women like I've always had like issues with women I'm not saying that it's the like other women's fault either it was just like my own preconceived notions that I had about myself that I was projecting onto other women and that didn't allow me to be open enough to like how beautiful other women could be you know and um and so like when we first started talking we were like hey we should just like really sit with this and see like how our own resistances to having friendships with women and encouraging other women um will come up by talking to them and it's been such a like beautiful process to sort of you know, invite these women onto the show and talk to them and, and look at what makes everybody, you know, all of these women beautiful and appreciate it. And then, and it, it's just, it ends up being just so cool, but it's like, why do we have such, um, so many issues when it comes to relating to one another or feeling threatened by, by each other? Um, yeah. Like, what do you guys think? I mean, there's a yeah, lot I think- of news. <laughs> are taught to compare each other compare ourselves to one another like especially in mainstream media for a lot of growing up we were given like very clear examples of like who was valued as a woman and for what Mm -hmm. and usually it was physical beauty usually it was for like and like the mean girl trope was seen in media Mm -hmm. in like every movie every teenage every like childhood movie that I can remember there was always like a bully of some kind and or like a team this team that like two girls yeah yeah and um like the values of women that were seen in power were like yeah catty and bitchy or whatever the words you want to use like they're like the empathetic nurturing woman was not usually seen in that role as somebody who has power who has agency and so when you're moving through the world and you just want to like make a name for yourself or become somebody like the tropes that you're given to follow aren't usually like a healthy model so I think like the previous generation, some of them might have gone pretty far, like exemplifying that kind of person or like becoming the patriarchy instead of, you know, like nurturing and supporting one another. And I think that's like an old model now that we're seeing as flawed and like kind of leaves people lonely and leaves people, you know, like lacking human connection. And I think that growing up with all women in my family, like there's five girls. Yeah. I have I have my mom and just my dad no brothers so like I always grew up with women and then even in my mom's family like all the women um my my nonna's sister she has like a whole bunch of sisters they were all the breadwinners in their families and so I had a very good um positive I have plenty of positive role models for women and I think like Chamorro women especially we have a different kind of role and we have different kinds of examples of who we follow and like we're able to relate to one another I think easier than I don't know I think it's been easier for me to make connections to other Chamorro women than just like any other women anywhere because we have our cultural background to like relate to and understand each other based on Mm -hmm. and a lot of that is based on like communal like collective power Mm -hmm. like that matriarchal power like still kind of exists in a lot of our in a lot of our families and then we know that it's not based on competition so like Mm -hmm. we have very evidence for how that kind of feminist framework would work and how those relationships would work but um yeah just in general like the cattiness and all that all of that really stems from insecurity 
Yeah, definitely. Like a thousand percent. And that where that lack of self-worth comes from is usually from the outside and not from our families and not from our friends that exist around us. It's usually from like seeing, not seeing yourself represented or not seeing, not being validated for what you do or who you are inherently. Like, but we're all searching for that. But definitely to like put that on other people is that that comes from insecurity. And that's something that I've had to like learn about myself and grow from for sure, like building up my own self-esteem. And then once you get to that place where you're secure, you're not competing anymore. Yeah. Was that your experience too? Is that, is that something that? Oh yeah. Like uh, growing up, I was always really creative and I love to do a lot of different, I love to write. I love to like do lots of things. But then the first time I really encountered um, like a culture shock and be like a mean girl <laughs> who just like cut me down. I was at a, I got chosen. I applied for this Girl Scouts conference yeah. in Japan. So like the Girl Scouts chapter on Guam was the whole Girl Scouts organization on Guam was looking for two representatives for Guam to go to this big conference in Japan with all these Girl Scout troops. And I got chosen and a girl, uh, a heli girl got chosen from a troop on base. She was 16 and I was 12. And at this conference, none of the other, like, she didn't want to talk to me, the girl that I got chosen to go with. She was, like, clearly so irritated by me and would, like, tell me, like, go walk over there, go talk to somebody else, like, straight up, like, she oh was so God. You were 12. I was 12. Yeah. She, she was, like, so unnecessary and mean, like, honestly. And all the friends she made did the exact same thing to me. And they were all white girls. Oh. Like, I, 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 and the only person I really connected to at this conference was a Girl Scout from Tinian. Oh. Mm. There were, like, hundreds of girls, but I kept getting, like, this iciness from the girl that I went with and that I was forced to spend all my time with, and it, like, really cut me down. Like, my self-esteem went way down after that. I was, like, afraid to apply for anything else or, like, oh, put yeah. myself out there again, and it took me yeah. years to, like, rebuild my confidence after that one experience. And that one yeah yeah at such a pivotal time too like 12 13 14 that's like really trying to like get out of your shell as a child into like you know a preteen and exploring yeah. different themes of friendship and love and interactions of communication wow I'm really trying to like form myself and yeah that, that experience really like it I, I don't want to say it set me back it didn't set me back it just gave me a different perspective and made me realize like some people just don't like you like there's nothing you can do about that. Like, that's the lesson that I learned in the long run. It's just like, some people just don't like you. Like, what do you and I do? And it has, it has nothing really to do with you at the end of the day, really. Exactly. Like yeah. And they, yeah. Uh, you could just breathe funny to them. <laughs> like, yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. And yeah, at that age, though, it was like really hard for me to understand or like deal with because I was stuck with her. Oh. And, yeah. But yeah, after that, I, I like, really didn't gravitate towards going outside of my existing friend group for a long yeah. time and really lashed myself onto like specific people that I knew liked me and that I could talk to and open up to and like um building the confidence to go and like talk to whoever and be friends with or not be friends with whoever like didn't really happen again for a, a number of years but yeah that was a pivotal moment like my first experience with like a really mean girl for no reason um yeah. I want to uh, responds to your experience though the way you just um, unpacked like your like how you had a really good example of like strong female role models and that like within the Chamorro community like there tends to be more inclusivity um, and I like being somebody who didn't grow up here on Guam and then and then moving here as an adult um, I'm not going to say that I didn't feel that when I first got here, but I didn't. <laughs> like, I did not feel that. And, um, and it, again, like, could have been, like, my projection of being, like, oh, I feel so different. Like, I don't feel like I fit in. I don't know how to fit in. And it's, so, it's interesting because one of the things that we've talked about is, like, representation in the media and wanting to see more of our people just and our stories being told, you know, for the sake of uh, our kids seeing themselves, you know, and having a good mirror um, to look at as they're growing up. And 
and this there's this you know in the states like there's a standardized like beauty of you know you're you're blonde and you have blue eyes but then when i came here we definitely have a standardized beauty as a chamorro woman as well and there's a lot of women that don't feel like they fit into that and there's a lot of chamorro women that also don't feel like they you know because my so like my experience growing up too like I'm not going to say that I didn't have powerful role models in females because I have very strong females in my family, but, you know, I grew up in, you know, a home and in a family that was dealing with a lot of other things that we talk about um, when it comes to colonization and how that's affected people. There's a lot of, you know, you know, my, I have family and me too, like who struggled with addiction and depression and mental health. And so, and so growing up with, um, with that in my environment also contributed to how I feel about myself and how I relate to, to women as well and connect within my community. So I, um, just to, just to sort of offset that, you know, that story as well, it's like what, you know, there are women here that, um, that don't necessarily feel like they fall into this like standardized way of, you know, what does it mean to be tomorrow? And a lot of, a lot of us don't know, our culture in the yeah. way that we would like to, or don't, aren't, and aren't, we're not as connected um, yeah. as we would like to be either, you know? So like, it's a huge blessing for you to be able to say that about your story, because um, yeah. a lot of people can. Yeah, oh no, for sure. Like, I don't want everything, like my Chamorro story is like the only story for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, it, we all face different levels of disconnection like, even in my own family, as powerful as the women are, they didn't teach any of the kids to speak tomorrow. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, in that side of my family, it, they weren't teaching anyone to speak tomorrow. Like, and they were very much westernized in the fact, in the way of, like, you grow up, you go to school, you get your degree, you come home, you work here, or, or you go, you join the military, whatever you need to do, you follow all the systems. Yeah. And then you do all, you check all of those boxes that we did to have success that you can give to your kids. And, like, they definitely are a lot of them are still in that box and that framework of what success looks like and I just yeah it, it comes back to the same reason why like insecurity about your looks and against insecurity and comparing yourself to other people outside of the culture it, it all comes back to how you feel about yourself and how we compare ourselves to each other and how much yeah. does it serve you to compare yourself and your family and your situation to other people and where they're at with their journey like we're all facing different levels yeah. of of, of issues within our families and with our mental health or physical, emotional. And that's why it's important for us to have like an uplifting kind of platform where we talk about all of the things that we go through. And then we talk about um, the ways that we can relate to our struggles and then overcome them. And, and we can move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Like how can we be productive about it and not just be like sad and hurt and like stuck Sitting in the in pain yes. trauma. Yeah. 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 And um, we learn from each other's stories. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's also part of our thing, like sharing each other's stories so you can learn from each other and like see what other people go through. Um, I know we, we are going, because you guys, we will be, um, you guys will have your individual episodes after this. So we'll, we'll, we'll dive more into your personal stories, which I'm super excited about. But I know, Chloe, you have a, um, you have a slightly different experience as well. I mean, um, you kind of grew up in both places too right like you grew up in Guam and then you also grew up in the states as well so um uh sorry tell us about that <laughs> um yeah I guess it's been kind of a weird or I don't know if I want to say weird experience but like uh yeah so like Jelena was saying I didn't really have the same experience as Francesco which I do envy because I would have loved to you know be more in touch with my culture mm -hmm. so that actually was like a that is like a, what makes it kind of difficult for me when I'm in either place. Mm -hmm. um, so my dad's family is white. Uh, well, his his dad is tomorrow and his mom is white. So like the family that I mostly grew up with was like white. And then my mom is Filipina. So I spent my time with like mostly Murphy family and then Tongan family. So those are like my main cultural families, I guess. Yeah. So being in the white family, I was the brown cousin. There was like me and then my white cousin and they would like compare the two of us because we were so close in age. Um, 
the family didn't like say oh now I'm like kind of uh, I'm thinking like is my family gonna be listening to this but <laughs> <laughs> so I guess for me it was just like I felt like the brown kid in that family and then when it was was with like my like Filipino family uh I also felt kind of out of place and then like being um then I guess like when my dad and my stepmom got together her family's tomorrow or she's tomorrow so um I also kind of fell out of place with her family too so every place I went to I kind of felt out of place everywhere <laughs> I could then, relate like, so much to this right now <laughs> yeah and then like yeah so yeah I'm glad <laughs> that it's I'm not alone so like yeah. yeah so I was always kind of feeling a bit out of place and like the way I talk isn't like the same way as like uh, like most of my classmates um so I'd like people would say like I sound so white and like I don't feel white I mean I I'm literally brown uh, like I'd also get made fun of for being like really dark too so it was kind of like a weird experience and then when I moved to the states um I remember like a lot of my friends from academy were like wow she gets to be a California girl and like that was like a cool thing but then when I got here it was just so like I felt so isolated so I went to a school in Davis California I moved out here I was telling Akina earlier but, but I moved out here my senior year of high school so um literally knew nobody at the school. I mostly just hung out alone and like read Harry Potter and like studied for SATs like <laughs> on my lunch breaks. Um, but yeah, I had a weird experience there. Like some people would be like, okay, well, when I was on Guam, I felt like, you know, really smart all the time. I was always in honors, like AP classes, like always really good at writing in English. So when I moved here, it was really strange because like I was literally the only brown person in my AP English class. Mm -hmm. And then people would even ask me like, how do you know how to speak English so well? And uh, that's a common experience that people talk about, but it's still, and it's not like speaking English is like an indicator of intelligence, but like, yeah. don't feel shitty for somebody to be like, oh, you're actually like intelligent or like, oh, you know how to speak our language. <laughs> so, uh, and then like when you're yeah. that young, it's like, what do you even do? And mm -hmm. uh, I was just kind of like, uh, and then like when I moved to, so then I was, I just really hated feeling like an outsider that whole year. And um, I also felt like juxtaposing myself among like the women, or, I mean, not the women, but like the other girls there, like yeah. they're all more like physically developed than me. I was always just like really skinny and like, I felt really plain. So I was already really insecure about all of that. And then when I moved to college, I was like, okay, new start. I get to like be whoever I want. And at first, like, um, I think I would tell people, or you know, when you're in like a class and then you all introduce yourselves and like where you're from and stuff like when you do those icebreakers. So I would like say that I was from Guam, but then I moved to Davis, but it was like hard to kind of explain that in like a tiny like amount of time when you're just introducing yourself. Mm -hmm. So then after a while, I I really hated like people looking at me strangely when I said I was from Guam. So sometimes in some classes I would just say I was from Davis. So nobody would look at me and like so like nobody would like give me any scrutiny cuz like the year before was so rough. Yeah. So then after that, <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. So I, I didn't really tell people that I was from Guam that much for like that first year because it was just like, I'd already suffered a lot of trauma from the previous year of like feeling like an outsider. Um, so I started joining these like um, groups where they talk more about like social justice and like race and stuff like that. And I was learning all those things for the first time, like the prison industrial complex and like, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so then it was really making me think about my identity because like my best friend and my roommate was um she's mexican and uh she was really like uh in touch with like social justice type of stuff and she really taught me a lot about that and then being in those spaces i started to think more about my culture and like where i came from and like you know learning more about history and stuff like that and like uh i was just like oh shit like things are fucked up like and then i started reading more about like guam's history on guampedia and things like that and learning more about it and really feeling like, wow, like I've been so disconnected from my culture and I really want to, I really am craving that. Like I started to realize like, oh, I'm going to start crying. But wow. yeah, I just like felt the loss and felt like this is what I've been missing. So then I started to talk, um, I went to, I was still kind of figuring out my identity because, you know, like I'm also Filipina. So I went to like the Filipino um, cultural groups. Mm -hmm. And then when I was at one of those meetings, then I met, um, Oh shoot, I don't know if I'm going too long in this story. But oh, um, carry on. Yeah. yeah, so then I I met this guy named Jeff. He actually turned out to be from Saipan. Wow. <laughs> like so random at my school in Santa Barbara. Yeah. And then um he invited me to be part of the Pacific Islander Student Association there. And then I met the group and stuff, and then I started like hanging out with them more. And then I started to feel like, okay, this is like this feels more right and like uh it feels good to like celebrate who we are and like tell people about where I was from and like 
a lot of them were actually like diaspora so like they hadn't ever like gone to their islands or grown up there most of them so it actually was like a big privilege for me to have grown up on my island and tell them about that experience and they all really like were longing for that and I think also that experience taught me like or helped me see like more of the value in like my upbringing mm -hmm. so then every time I went to Guam after that I started to like appreciate it way more than um and like notice things that I hadn't noticed growing up um wow. so yeah I would say that I like grew up with like a colonized mindset in a lot of ways but I didn't really start unlearning it until like these things happened to me and then I really didn't like it didn't really click until um I moved back to Guam like that time when Francesca was talking about um I moved back to I literally just missed Fest back by like a few months oh man <laughs> so I, I was like pretty sad about that I was actually there and I left back to California a week before Fest Pack started. Oh. And nobody told me how big this event was going to be. I've no I'd never heard of Fest Pack before. I would have I would have stayed. And I was so mad. I remember telling my mom and dad, like, why didn't y'all just tell me to change the dates of my visit? What is up with y'all? Like I just missed the one opportunity. I was I so know it was just like every time I hear people talk about Fest Pack, I'm like, fuck, like I really <laughs> miss that. I mean like Francesca's whole life was changed because of that. Yeah. 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 Like, ooh, and what a whirlwind plus pack was. <laughs> so I will also get into it because I don't want to yeah. get you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I like I've talked to a lot of people that that event really changed their life too. Like really changed how they you know viewed their own viewed their culture and just that one. Like I have a couple friends that were there when everyone started to sail in, like in yes. the morning. Yeah. yeah, and just that moment, like, no discussion, no nothing, just seeing that was, like, it was almost like seeing themselves for the first time, in a way, you know, and it's, like, it gave us larger context, like, this context that we never get, we never got that kind of exposure, only in little pockets of when other people from different cultures would come here, like, even the Micronesian cultures that we have here, we never fully celebrated, like, socially, like, yes, I'm Micronesian Island Fair, but in the classroom, no, and like on the playground, no. And like seeing all of these cultures come together and realize that we have just as much of a rich culture as all these Polynesian, Pacific, Melanesian, Micronesian islands do. And like contextualizing that and seeing it in front of your face, it like it totally changed a lot of people's perspectives on our own culture and how valuable it is. Because yeah. then we realize, like a lot of Chamorro people realize, like all these people have all of this to share and they're so proud of it. Where is that for us? Yes, yeah. and I know a lot of people had that kind of internal oh, dialogue. Which brings yeah. me to the work that we do. So, you yeah. know, producing the show and you guys' brand, Magahog Rising, and all the writing that you guys do and everything. It's like, it's our way of providing some type of context. So, like, this is who we are as a people. Like, yeah. whether diaspora, whether you grew up here, or and you know everything about freaking farming and growing indigenous plants and your nana is a freaking surahana like it doesn't matter like we there's like so much so much of our story that we're not telling and yeah. especially now like in this quarant this during this pandemic like now everyone's mahaling for for whatever it is like everyone's sitting down and they're like what's important right now like what are we doing like who are we and you know what i mean and i think it's like so important now for us to accept every single story that we have and then in and own it and then and illuminate it even and move forward as a people because we're this is all a part our history our colonization all of that stuff is part of who we are you know and we talked about yeah. this a little bit oh sorry go ahead oh sorry uh, i was just thinking about like your story jelena and about growing up and, and chloe's story and even you akina and like how dynamic all of us are and how diverse our stories are and our experiences are and like all of that is valid and all of that helps contribute to all everything that our island does everything that our people does and our families and our communities and like just really owning who we are and our stories is so important like every even the things that you think are you know not as good as what other people do like there's still an important reason why you went through what you went through mm -hmm. and why your story is what your story is and yeah. to not be afraid of like what you who you are and what has made shaped you into who you are yeah like the reason for all of it and important that we all come together like with our strengths and with whatever makes us happy like bring all of that your full self to the table yeah, yeah. and don't be afraid you know yeah don't be afraid it's interesting because 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah. It's interesting because all, all of us, we've lived outside of Guam for a certain amount of time. And we talked about this briefly on another episode, but growing up, I've had like, like we were taught to think that we're small you know, yeah. and um, yeah, think like, because you're from Guam, like, oh, like, you know, I had experience also in college, but like, where are you from? Like, Guam. And they're like, Guam, mm, like, where's that? Is that Guatemala? Like, you guys heard every single, like, yeah. Well, anyways, you have to like, validate who you yeah. are to these people then, you're just yeah. meeting. Yeah. And then when I show them photos of Guam, they're like, oh my gosh, that's so gorgeous. That's beautiful. And especially in my household, I would be like making chicken telegram or my friend who's also from Guam. He went to FD, lived two blocks away from me. He's like, hey, good man. Like I hand carry Latiza on the airplane for you. He brought me like this whole pie. I was like, yes, I'm coming over, sharing that with my roommates. And I'm like, hey, can you make that, um, that chicken salad that you make? I'm like, chicken caligon yeah can you make that chicken salad yeah they call it chicken salad and like the red rice i'm like okay well anyways going back like we were taught to think that guam is such like to think small you know and just not like, having guam as an option for any you know places that you shop or order or not even having that accessible in any way to choose guam or being alienated from that narrative is just me I don't know it kind of like sticks on you and I feel like growing into adulthood we need to like shed all of that and gain our self-esteem in that way to think like we matter you know our stories matter yeah. our voices matter where we are in life matters and you know like Jelena was saying having two of these platforms to share that story I think is so important right now because I think everyone is starting to become aware that they matter like their stories need to be shared yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that internalized colonization, putting yourself in a small box. That's yeah. part of the reason why I left Guam, for sure. And add internalized misogyny to that, just being women as well. Like, yeah. in their society, there's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. layers that you, you gotta work through. And I never really understood like, that growing up either. Like, I remember I was like 10 or 12, and my dad would share so he he was a pilot and he would tell me like you know they're treating me differently because i'm a brown pilot and at 10 or 12 i didn't like really understand that i was like why would they treat you differently because you're a brown pilot we live on guam but the company was also owned by a bunch of white white dudes so you know they would discriminate against pacific islanders which is ridiculous because the company went to all these smaller islands bringing our mail bringing fish in bring all these resources from the other islands to, you know, help our island thrive and vice versa, but then they wouldn't acknowledge the Pacific Islander <laughs> pilots. They would actually yeah. discriminate against them and give them all like the shitty routes or, you know, like have them work back to back and all these things. So I was like, what? And I think I my, dad, know, yeah. my dad faced something really similar in the military mm-hmm. and he never really spoke about it until I was a lot older. So like, a lot of his experiences that he went through, he was an officer in the army. Like he went through ROTC and he joined the army as an officer, which you would think would lend him some agency and give him like a little bit more power than just like a regular enlisted. And that's what he thought going into it because all his instructors in the ROTC program were also brown. And like, he thought that it would give him all of this status and that he would, you know, and like he wouldn't experience that kind of discrimination because of his rank but no it was still the same exact thing like if you're brown you're not white you're not you're not entitled to any kind of treatment like yeah exactly and it it really doesn't matter who you how smart you are or what you're qualified for it really the color of your skin really does matter in so white people (laughs) like what you're what we're seeing now though in more, more recent times is a lot more people are becoming aware of these like belief systems that we've all bought into. I mean, at yeah. some point, all of us started to buy into, you know, like Chloe, after a year of feeling a certain way, started to buy into, I, I don't want to say where I'm from. Um, yeah. At some point, we make that choice. And then, and then it just becomes this like cyclical thing. But then now it's like all of this stuff is like being exposed, you know what I mean? And then you yeah. realize like, um, you realize just how deeply embedded some of these belief systems are because we can still, like, I can have a conversation with a white person right now and talk about these things and, and both of us can wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly say, like, we're not racist. We're not, you know, we're not prejudiced or racist. But then when you really look at it, like, there are just certain things that you're, the way our minds work, you know, 
we're going to treat people with that fit in a certain category this way because we were taught to, to treat them this way. Um, I, when I was working at the bank, I was a manager, you know, I was like, you know, people would come in and they'd be like, I want to speak to, like, they would get really, you know, they would be upset. They want to complain or escalate something. And they'd be like, I want to talk to a manager. Do you know how many times, because I'm a short five foot brown woman, and that's my projection because that's, I'm not, I don't know for sure if that's what they were thinking, but that's what I felt. But they were like, how many times somebody would be like, I want to speak to a manager. And I'd be like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> You're speaking to it. And they'd be like, I, the, the look of disappointment that I would get immediately after, like, <laughs> how could you be the person? Yeah. yeah. What kind of power do you have? Like, what can you do for my issue? You know what I mean? And, um, they're not met with somebody who looks like them and will listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, I really had to really think about that. Like, these are actual belief systems that have existed for a very long time that everyone needs to buy into in order for them to, to continue to live. Mm -hmm. So like, but now I feel like now they're being sort of dismantled, like as we yeah. be. Because it was unconscious bias for a lot of us. Yeah. It was yeah. generational. It started from a time that our grandparents can't even remember, like when that belief system really started to take hold, especially where we are in the world. like. Uh, and then internalizing that and projecting it onto other races is something that we've done to like cope with that yeah yeah but nowadays I think we are coming to a point where we're realizing like that that kind of bias and that kind of racism isn't something acceptable towards us or towards other people to like continue to make it not unconscious and like speak it out when it when you see it in front of you it takes a lot of power but I mean if you can do it do it especially if you're in that situation like and once you put, turn it on its head and you like you realize what the situation is like it's just the color of my skin like what yeah. are you you know like, how much weight does that even carry and like That's the ridiculousness of that kind of we are though to like the stories about certain things you know like yeah yeah and and colorism too like even for Chamorro women like there's some Chamorro women that I really admire that are still really colorist that will like go up to people that are brown and be like e you know like too dark or calling like tanner people like, black yeah yes like, oh she's so black that's, yeah that's, that's an insult that i've heard and it's just like people still say that and it's so gross and weird yeah <laughs> it is i've been sitting on my patio most of the time since this quarantine happened and i've gotten the best tan that i've ever gotten in my life just sitting on my patio and i've <laughs> telling my mom the other like but I was saying it I mean I guess this is like still not as positive to even say I don't know whatever but I was like I Go like how I am right now like I'm I'm digging this like I really like because I've always been more on the lighter side you know I was yeah. one I and I was I was never really made fun of but like w when I first like moved back and I was kind of being teased for being like American Pahasu so I was like really insecure mm -hmm. about just being you know, Kelly. It's like, yeah, it's a weird feeling. No, I it's felt that too. I feel that every time I'm back on Guam too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, um, we're so weird. We'll tease you if you sound if you're too white, and we'll tease you if you're too brown. So it's like, exactly. where, so like who? <laughs> where can I be okay? <laughs> like, yeah, because I've been yeah. that way too. I I used to buy white and soap. They used to sell papaya soap. They still do, I'm sure. At FM. Mm -hmm. When I was 12, when that whole thing happened, like I was, and uh, the other girls in private school were also all about it, like yeah. being as light as you can possibly be. Don't go wear the rash guard, wear the shorts, wear, wear a hat, everything when mm -hmm. you go outside. Not get dark. And then by the time I was in high school, I realized, I was like, this is just dumb. Like, I just want to wear as close to nothing as possible and be in the ocean. Why am I going to wear all of this bullshit? Yeah. Yeah. And buy all of this stuff to be lighter. Like, this is just who I am. Yeah. Yeah. If, it it definitely took me flipping a switch for myself to like realize that what I was doing and how I was treating my own body and my own skin and seeing how and seeing how I was treating myself was like not serving me in any way. It wasn't being accepted and loving. Yeah. yeah. But this is really nice because I haven't had this like space and I haven't been like talking to as many women and like you know just living like with my in-laws. It's not the same as like having like girlfriends and stuff. So this is really like I'm glad we did this and you that you guys invited us. No, I'm yeah. so happy you guys agreed. Yeah. I, I was Thank like, I was like nervous to even ask. 
I don't know why. I think it's just because I knew, like, I knew that I really wanted to talk to you guys. So I was like, man, if she says no, I'm going to be disappointed. Oh, yeah. no. Why would <laughs> we ever say no? She was like, of course. Like, what? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, she told me. I was like, wow, awesome. Like, this is so cool we got asked to do this. <laughs> and then I was, like, listening to your podcast and, like, loving the music and the vibe and everything. And I was like, oh, wow. Just, like, getting excited. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else that you guys want to really honored. Like, the, the group of women that you've had on your podcast so far has all been just, like, stellar woman after stellar woman. So I feel like oh, Yes. But Which we're goes so- to show, though, like, everyone, everyone, like, you just, every, every woman is a badass in her own right, dude. I, I, like, I posted the other day on Instagram this excerpt from a Gabriel, um, his name again Kima? Marquez, his last Marquez. name Marquez. <laughs> Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 100 Years, years of, solitude, of Solitude and he, he it's like my favorite description of a woman's beauty it's like um the line is she she leaves like a breath of perturbation like a tormenting breeze like when she walks through a room like people it's like her smell is just like it just affects the whole energy of the room and I just feel like there are so many women here that have that effect on people. Like they could just walk into a room and like, like Shift the energy. light it up, you know? And, um, and it's just become more apparent to me, the more women that we talk to. And um, yeah, I just love, I love that. I love that. Cause women that shine, like they're not like stealing the light from other people. It's the reflection of yours, even if you don't see it. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a transference too. It's like, you know what I mean? It's it's like a sharing as well. It can be contagious. Just yeah. like just like this yeah. siren. <laughs> but in a good way. But in a great way. Yeah. And like having having a platform and people seeing me for what I do, it's just like it, I think it's really interesting because I have had messages from people who like feel insecure and say like, you make me feel like I, because I don't do what you do, that I'm not as good. And I'm just like, ah, I don't, I, that's like the last thing I would ever want anyone to feel like, because a lot of me owning what I, what I like, like, it's not even me trying to be anyone else. I just do what I like every day. Yeah. And I've, I've always had this like mantra in my mind, like, I want my lifestyle to be my living. I want whatever I like to do to be what I get to do. And for somebody to feel envious or like feel like because I'm doing that, that I make them feel bad. It's just like, oh, that's like the very last thing in the world I would ever want anyone to feel like. But I understand where that comes from because I felt insecure like that before. And like oh yeah, um, yeah. seeing other women shine and whatever they do, like especially like growing up, you feel that way about like the girls that get the lead part in the play or whoever, mm-hmm. whoever gets chosen and validated for whatever reason, like usually it's not on them that they get to that point, but they're not doing it to make you feel less than. Yeah. And it doesn't take away from what you're doing, whatever value you have. And you could always have, be jealous or you could be inspired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And success and love and admiration is not finite in that way either. No, and it, that's not yeah. reflective of their inner happiness and their inner world either. So you never really yeah. know what someone else is going through either. And being jealous of anybody just doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. at yeah. the end of the day, it really doesn't. It doesn't serve you. And, and yeah, li- like, light doesn't take away from somebody else. It just is. And you can be a reflection at any point. Or it is a reflection. You never know. Yeah. Oof. Wow. That's what cat, cat, cats compliment when you give her a compliment. She's just like, oh, I'm a reflection of you. Cat oh. <laughs> is an angel. <laughs> I was just listening to her podcast with you guys like this afternoon, her. like to get excited. Oh, our yeah. very first guest. Oh, man. Yeah, the very first yeah, guest very for the first podcast. Guest. And she just, and she just, man, her episode two was like, when we, because we, we actually recorded it here at my place. But when we cut, me and Akina were like, oh, like, this was amazing. Like, all, this, all the knowledge bombs that she gave us and just how open and, like, lucid she is. It's yeah. just, I love her. I love her so much. She's a Pisces. 
it's funny because sam and i are so are like you know sam and i are so close so like and her mom and i are our birthday our birthdays are a day apart and she's my auntie too but like uh it's funny because like she sees so much of like similarities between the two of us but like every time i'm with her i just want to like soak it in and it just kind of feels like like energy flowing i just yeah yeah, i just miss her so much have you guys been seeing her yoga videos yes i saw her I need to follow her. Yeah, she has, she has a YouTube now. She started a YouTube channel. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. Okay, I saw the one video, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm so excited for her. I've been using episodes of I saw her in my Nina because she's straight up like yeah. When I moved to Guam, we went Nina. on like a trip together, like a yes, silent we went, trip. <laughs> we did Vipassana together in, in in Indonesia, and she's just. It's just, she's just a big part of my, my story. Like, I, I love her so much. She's, uh, when I first moved back, she was the first yoga teacher that I went to. And, um, and I'm just like one of those like people like that will stay after class and like chat. (laughs) I'm just like, like, I love your energy. Like, can I talk to you? And that's just, you know, and she was one of the first people early on that I asked because I was already thinking about like, oh, I, I kind of want to get certified, but I don't know like how or where or what should I do. And so she was one of the first people to tell me like, oh, look this up and look that up and da 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 And then I left Guam when I got certified. And by the next time I saw her, I was a certified yoga teacher. And she would always ask me like, when are you going to teach? Are you going to start teaching? And I'm like, I don't want to. I was like scared. She forced me to sub for her. Dude, your dad was in one of the classes. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, no. I was like shaking. And at one point I had like, cause I had my singing bowl and like, I was so nervous at the end and everybody was in Shavasana. But I, like I hit the singing bowl way too loud. And it just like, it like, went, I was just like, oh my God, I sung so bad. But like, it was like the second class that I had ever taught, you know? So like, yeah, Kat really pushed me to just like, out there yeah come on like do it i love that that you got a yoga nina i had a yoga nina too i had mm-hmm. a she was she's a holly lady crazy italian lady Is that lisa? She, yeah lisa she yeah. forced me to teach too <laughs> she was a lot more forceful she's like i gotta go pee <laughs> teach this <I> guy <laughs> whoa in the middle of class she's been teaching for like 30 years man i can only older lady you know probably did really go <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you do really remind me of of cat actually so oh that's a huge compliment okay <laughs> cat energy oh i love that um yeah, is there anything that you guys wanted to um touch on or akita is there something else that you wanted to whatever you guys yeah want to leave um course like work and our listeners follow you guys uh well i'm at young viha on all the things and i love that name by the way (laughs) (laughs) i've always resonated with that name (laughs) (laughs) thank you we were having like an art night at one of my friend's houses and we were doing i was trying to write um motivational quotes but with like a chod spin (laughs) <laughs> and one of them, one of them is like the world is your duck duck or something like that. Oh, you even have like a painting like that, right? Or like a drawing yeah, I like that? Painting that. But yeah. I was like trying to write like wise things, but with the tomorrow spin. And I was just like, what's a good name for that? And I was like, oh, Young Viha. Like it's a good rapper name. But mm-hmm. I didn't. I wanted somebody else to be a rapper with that name. But I was like, man, nobody's gonna do that. So I just, <laughs> I just like never mind. It's mine. I don't have to rap. <laughs> you can rap. Why not? If you want to, I don't know. Oh, well, she's a great singer. I cannot rap. French is literally good at anything <laughs> she does. So, I've like, if you tried rapping, you might yeah. be able to. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I've tried. <laughs> like, even following along. <laughs> no, I just feel like I'm good at what I'm doing because I stick to the things that I have an inkling. Like, if I'm, it's too far out, I don't know. <laughs> I love <the> spinning plate. <laughs> if you have some resistance there, maybe that's something you need to visit. <laughs> yeah. You gotta unpack. Yeah, I'm like scared of that. So I just go with what I feel like I like already. I like that. Go with the flow. What about you, Chloe? Um, wait, 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 what did you guys ask? Oh, what's your at? Yeah. Oh, at Mestiza Chamarita. Love that too. 
<laughs> yeah so that and then I think that's also my name on YouTube too so I want to be making more videos and stuff so we'll see how that goes oh her YouTube videos, yeah. her videos I love your YouTube videos her diaspora video was like like Ooh. when I watched that I was like wait a second we need that we need to and that was that. built on a, like a lot of conversations that we had so yeah that was another thing too like mm-hmm. and then I'd like write what I wanted to say and then I show it to her and like we kind of like talk about it and then yeah yeah, yeah, I really love yeah. your process, like, just going back and forth, just, like, brainstorming, and just, like, collectively coming up with these ideas, topics, and just letting inspiration flow. Yeah, we have, like, a really good, like, brainstorming vibe, like, we'll be talking, like, even Halan knows, right, like, we'll be talking about something, like, oh, we need a mm-hmm. more like this, and we're kind of describing, like, a weird color, and you're like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean, he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, we have our own secret language, I feel like, when we start getting into that mode where we're being inspired, yeah, yeah. it's... It, it always has ever since the very beginning but um oh i have one question though before we go how do you guys deal with conflict conflict between, between each other yeah um not even like and i don't mean like it doesn't have to be like an argument i'm just like when you guys aren't necessarily seeing eye to eye like how do you guys handle that well, we've always been really open and honest with each other like always like too yeah, so much. if somebody has something to say, too much. Then, like you'll just say, and then the other person will just kind of be like, "Okay, yeah, I know what you mean," and we'll just kind of like talk it through. Well, like sometimes, like we'll have different ideas about something. Like I'll be like, "Oh, we should do this shirt," and Francesca's like, "Didn't we just sell something like that and it didn't sell very well?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> so it'll just kind of be like, you know, the person's coming from like a place of like love and friendship, so it's not like mm-hmm. negative. Yeah, the honesty doesn't hurt. Yeah, because we, yeah. we we hold each other's like best interest in mind. We ch- hold each other in such high esteem too so it's like not like yeah. you could ever be like saying something negative and then I would be like oh shit she completely hates me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We are like Plus like we yeah. always like give each other such positive affirmations mm-hmm. so it's like yeah. we already like trust each other so much. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, cool. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We like do the love sandwich without even realizing it. <laughs> love sandwich. We're like, I love you, I love you, this is the thing, and then I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just, like, really praise each other's work and stuff like that, and then, like, we always end the conversation with, love you. Yeah, Uh, I'm such a fan. Akina and I do that already, too. Yeah. Except most of our texts start with, like, yo, like, caps, letters, like, yo. (laughs) Bruh. Bruh. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Major potty mouths, dude, like, so bad. We're more like, oh, the universe and, like, astrology. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we do that, too. Yeah, we do that, too. We do that, too, but it usually sounds like, bitch, do you want a chakra reading? Like, what, you're really fucking tripping right now. Do you want me to go inside? Do you need some incense? What do you need? I got spades sh- <laughs> inside. What does your ass need? Like, you met, not, like, what was it? You did a chakra reading at the one Vietnamese restaurant <laughs> for Bossy, and the lady just came. She dropped off her, like, fried lumpia. She goes, what are you guys doing? She was super intrigued, and we just looked at her like, I desperately need a shocker reading right now. She's going to do it before we eat. I, like, I don't think we said all of that. I think we were just like, let's just playing with Yeah, yeah, play with rocks. rocks. <laughs> <laughs> but in my brain, I was like, I desperately need a shocker reading. Like, this is going to happen. She was just like, oh, rocks? Okay. Drops the lumpia. All right. right. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Like, I found this video about Capricorn moons. You should watch it. And then we both watch it and like tell each other what resonates and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's where that comes from. But yeah, we're both really like invested in like knowing about each other, knowing about ourselves, and like being very like mm-hmm. uh, analytical about uh, our thought patterns and our yeah. yeah, and how we are the way we are, and trauma of all kinds, and like self healing. Yeah. In different yeah. modes of self-healing we've sure. been so like sharing our healing journeys with each other for yeah years now that's like what our friendship is based on i think i think yeah because we both came out of the same kind of huh sorry i said everyone needs a friendship like that yes i think that's why we don't really have conflict because like when you have that kind of intimacy it's not like uh i don't know there's nothing that could just kind of be like oh you know she's not whatever yeah. anymore yeah 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 we don't have those cop-out things that are like oh she's just crazy <laughs> like I think we understand each other a lot deeper than that too yeah, yeah so if, maybe if like we have different opinions about things we'll just be, kind of be like okay well yeah I know she thinks like that or whatever so 
I like that. Well, also from like day one, it seems like you guys already had that instant connection with one yeah. another. Like, yeah. We might have been sisters or something in another life. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Don't get, don't get us started about this book that we were reading. <laughs> What are you reading? Many Lives, Many Masters? What? <laughs> no, I ordered that, though. I ordered that. Many Lives, Many Masters. Who's, who's the um, author of that? Uh, the same, the same person. Like the Brian, Brian Weiss. Oh, yes. Yeah, that is okay, the same. So, I read it on the plane. So, we, so I read this book two years ago. I was going through a really bad breakup, and I was sad. But so my friend was like, oh, you should read this book called Only Love is Real. And I, I was like, cool. I read it, loved it. It was a really short read written by the same person. And, um, and then, I don't know, three or four months ago, I was telling Akina about it because the storyline is really cool. It's like he, you know, he specializes in past uh, life professional therapy. And then he's treating these two people and they have like back to back appointments. So they've like only ever seen each other in the waiting room. And he realizes early on that they're recalling each other in their past lives. Like they're oh, recalling that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, past lives, but they're like each other's counterparts. But they, in this lifetime, like had never met before. And so oh, wow. he's talk, he talks a lot about like um, the same knowledge of like uh, past lives and like soul contracts and like all of that stuff in that book. But then, of course, at the end, like he's not, he can't tell each confidential yeah, totally, and all of that stuff. Yeah. He can't set him up or anything because it'd be weird. But they ended up like meeting mm-hmm. each other at, at like an airport and recognize each other, recognizing each other and being like, wait, didn't you go to, you know, da da da? And then like they ended up like getting married and shit. Whoa. But, um, but yeah. anyways, so that this book has been effect, has have affected us apparently so much that mm-hmm. it's gotten brought up like in almost every single episode <laughs> that we've recorded since Akina has read the book. And um, I've been so obsessed with it and like the concept of it all and just like soul families. And I think, especially with the work that we do, we're digging in deeper into like all these layers of ourselves, our culture, our identity. What does that mean to us? So when you meet certain people, like you really could tell with the vibrations, like, oh, okay, I I think we will have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. We both came on the call today. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, hey. (laughs) Why do we feel like so strongly pulled to? specific some people, people. Yeah. yeah yeah and why is why is it that you know some friendships and relationships just flow mm-hmm. so easily without you trying? when I meet someone I know instantly if I'm going to be friends with them or not mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you can feel it yeah me too um, and, yeah, I read many it's also really really fast too it's a super yeah. quick read but Elena, after everything that we've seen together recently like I think you'll <laughs> Yeah, I've actually I think that I've I've read that one too because that's one of his first ones, right? Yeah, like I think that's, when mm-hmm. meet, that's when you meet the his um Catholic the patient that opened thing? him up to yes, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, I read I read that one because after I read Only Love Is Here, I was like, what the who is this guy? And he's been featured on like Oprah, like he's like all over the place, like he's huge. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I I got recommended that just last month, or yeah, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this real. I, I just love like the title too. Like, I will. Yeah, cool. You know, yeah. it's just that was it's, the last book I read, and I really enjoyed it. So yeah. I have a copy. Uh, I can get it. I can borrow you. I can borrow you. I can borrow you. <laughs> borrow me, fan. Borrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just throw it at you from six feet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be <perfect. laughs> something yeah. kind of empty or something at some point um yeah all right well and also you obviously um you guys are you're at for magahog rising is at magahog rising right magahog yeah. dot rising magahog dot rising cool um okay Thanks for joining us. Yeah, we could keep talking forever, but yeah. Oh, it's going to be like a three-hour episode, but we're really excited because we're going to have individual episodes and we're going to dive more into stories. So many more questions to ask. Yeah. This was so fun. I'm so glad you guys invited us. Yeah, thank you so much. I feel like you guys will be on again real soon. (laughs) Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. (laughs) Okay, thanks. Okay, talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.